0: Welcome to On Strategy Showcase and to our Best Of Travel and Tourism series. I'm Fergus O'Carroll in Chicago. As always, you can follow me on LinkedIn. And be sure to click the Follow button on your podcast platform to keep up to date on all of our new episodes on the show. You can also see the creative work associated with this and all of our episodes for free on our website at onstrategyshowcase.com. We're kicking off this Best Of series with Icelandic. Tourism. Iceland has had a sort of renaissance over the last 20 to 25 years, in part due to tourism. But like all destinations, it suffered dramatically during the pandemic. Its goal coming out of the pandemic, like the goal of most destinations, was less about growth and more about getting back to pre pandemic visitor levels. What drew me to this campaign was not only the originality and the freshness and the fun of the work, but the intelligence of the underlying strategy. The team created a brand platform that allowed it to draw on frustrating moments in pandemic life in the early stages of the campaign and poignant moments in post-pandemic popular culture in the later stages, all all by sort of reframing them through the lens of Iceland as an antidote. For example, given that during the pandemic we were all experiencing our world in virtual ways, the campaign recognized that what we really all craved was a return to reality. Actual reality, not virtual reality. And all of this was done with the original and memorable quirkiness of the Icelandic nation. I'm excited to have uh, Anne Cohnson, Director of uh, Commercial Strategy for Kantar in London, join me for the introduction to the series. Thanks, Anne, for joining us.
1: Hi, Fergus. Great to be here. So I think
0: I think that um, when we sort of think about this uh, multi-episode series on travel and tourism, I think it's probably good to start with sort of a macro perspective on the category. I, I think many of us look at the news and we see that airports seem to be full again and everything's mostly back to normal for travel. Is that the case? Have consumer attitudes towards travel and leisure travel in particular shifted?
1: Yes, indeed. I think there's no doubt that sort of holidays and travel have remained important for people we are seeing people making considered choices and travel has become more purposeful about the experience you search on your trip. And that is different for different people and different segments within the markets. So obviously you've got the younger segments who are obviously more about exploration, but more at an affordable price point. So for families, we see it's less about the actual destination you go to, but more about spending time with family and loved ones again. And for older adults, it's really increasingly about experiencing culture as well as nature and more remote nature, difficult to reach nature destinations as well. And obviously, we also see that sustainable and responsible travel is becoming increasingly important.
0: So, in, in terms of the recovery, do you feel, and, and I'm thinking more about destinations, do you feel that there have been winners and losers in the recovery, or are certain destinations or forms of travel? recovering faster than others
1: i think what's really interesting not uh, about the winners is that we are seeing a huge interest in domestic travel so not necessarily a particular destination but people are really looking forward to exploring their own countries so that is especially important for those who are potentially more lower or middle class however it's really important for a range of countries to explore what's around them. And I think sort of some of those countries also have made that incredibly exciting and feel less like a compromise that you're not going out of the country, but stay um, stay where you live. For the more affluent segments, what we are seeing that it's really, again, about very difficult and remote destinations. So things like the Antarctica or luxury travel have increased. So it's again, not about a specific place or country, but more about the experience you're looking and the remoteness and um, interest you have as well.
0: Thank you, Anne. Thanks for joining us for this introduction. I know we'll have you back on for uh, additional episodes in this series. Thanks for your time today.
1: Thank you, Fergus.
0: Thanks to Kantar for supporting this travel and tourism series. Home to Brand Z, Insights 2030, and other key industry reports, Kantar is the world's leading marketing data and analytics company. With Kantar, you gain a complete, unique, and rounded understanding of how people think, feel, and act, globally and locally, in over 90 markets. By combining the deep expertise of its people, data resources, innovative analytics, and tech, Kantar helps clients understand people and inspire growth. To learn more, visit kantar.com. That's K-A-N-T-A-R.com. Now back to the show. So here is Stevie Archer, Executive Creative Director, SSK and k New York, and Sven Berker Bjornsson, or he's known to many as Mr. B. He's Director of Marketing Communications for Business Iceland. Enjoy. Thanks to both of you for joining
2: yes thank you so much for having us um it's it's exciting to get to talk about the last uh two and two and a half years of of work that we've had had together and um happy to dig in
3: yeah
0: thanks for thanks for having us on uh excited to be here uh, Sven. you are actually in reykjavik so you are based in iceland and stevie is based uh, uh in new york um I don't want to assume our, that our listeners know Iceland or even probably know where it is in some cases. So can we, can we start off by talking about where Iceland is located and talk a little bit about what makes Iceland as a destination so unique?
3: Okay, so Iceland is more or less uh, at the midway point between the U.S. and continental Europe. So you have the flight time from New York to Reykjavik is about five hours. Yeah, the flight time from Reykjavik to Ber- Berlin or pa- Paris is about four, four hours. So it's sort of a, a, in between an island in between Europe and the uh, Europe and North America. Uh, yeah, middle of the Atlantic Ocean.
0: In the same way that Greenland is not green, <laughs> Iceland is not ice, right?
3: Yeah, at least uh, most of the, most of the year it's not. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> But uh, Iceland, Iceland, obviously, we have glaciers and we have we have uh, we have snow in the winters, like like northern destination too. Or, uh, so, the name is not you know to- totally out of the blue. But uh, but most of the time, Iceland is just a uh, uh, you know similar to I would say maybe Scotland in terms of of weather and and yeah, in in terms of climate.
0: And and you know, Stevie, my understanding and hopefully this is correct. Um, it's got a population of roughly 375,000 people. So it's not a highly populous country and its capital is Reykjavik. It, tell us about what tell us about some of the sort of physical features that make this a really distinctive destination.
2: While most people come into Reykjavik, there's there's seven regions and what's so distinct about it as a country is there's glaciers in some areas, um of course, but also geothermal uh, activity. So recently, in the last couple years, there's been even active volcanoes with active lava flows. Um, gorgeous, beautiful geothermal pools. Um, the volcanoes lead to and and lava activity leads to these epic black sand beaches. Um, you have fjord uh, creation that's happening on the coast. So you get these you know magnificent cliffs and and waterfalls. Um, so uh, just about everywhere that you go in, in the country. And of course, there's a ring road like many ice, uh, island nations have that circumnavigates the entire country.
0: So Sven, um, pre-COVID, how was Iceland marketed? What was your message?
3: Iceland has always been more of a nature destination than anything else. We've done stuff in terms of marketing that that maybe is a little out there before. Uh, but first and foremost, we are trying to, to reach... Uh, you know, our target groups, which are more or less people looking for for natural experiences.
0: And so what do you define as a natural experience? Uh, or natural na- nature
3: experiences in nature, maybe, would be a better def- definition or a better, better explanation. Uh, people that are looking for uh, adventure, uh, sort of uh, experiencing something in, in uh, terms of going out into nature.
0: So when you talk about people who are desiring experiences in nature, is part of that the fact that they don't want a polished sort of touristy type destination? And and given the popularity of Iceland, do you have to sort of always be aware of the fact that it has to remain authentically Icelandic rather than becoming the place with the plush hotels and, and the spas, et cetera, et cetera? Is that, are you at that point yet where that is either an expectation of visitors or it's actually something they do not want consciously?
2: Well, I think, um, you know, to to a certain extent, I think Iceland is part of the appeal for some segments of travelers is that there are incredible fine dining experiences and luxurious wellness experiences and service and things like that are, are part of it. I think really in terms of expectations um some of the things that we've we've talked about as we've been creating work and creating messaging is um that a lot of the expectations are more that travelers may expect perfection in some places for example um there's a thing called the paris effect where people who have seen paris in movies expect that they're going to go there and have some sort of romantic uh, version of paris and then they get there and they're disappointed um and in reality with with iceland it's it's a lot of education in some of the previous work and the work is helping people understand this is a country where these are very real natural experiences that you need to be respectful and responsible with and things like northern lights we talk about sometimes like that they're not predictable so if you're going and expecting a postcard version of of the of the world that's not really the promise or over promise that we're we're trying to make and um we're usually also very careful about not representing and it's it's not too hard of a job because it looks epically beautiful in most situations anyway but that when we're showcasing natural environments that they're not filtered as much or they're not, you know, oversaturated or created in these like artificial ways because it is an issue to make sure people's expectations about what they're going to experience when they get there matches what the experience really, really is.
0: Talk to us about the um, the ask that you had of the agency. Was it a pitch or was it an existing relationship? And and what was the ask that you had of, of SS&K?
3: So actually, this was uh, this started out as a pitch, or we uh, we had a call. Or yeah, we had a call for Tenter. Uh, this was this started out as a um, uh, as a countermeasure to COVID nineteen, more or less. Uh, very at the very early days of the pandemic, I think we started talking about this in February twenty twenty, and uh, we didn't really know what we were going into. Uh, not you know, not that not that anyone did. But we sort of expected that we were going to see maybe a three-month decline in in tourism numbers, and so the so the uh, so the ask at the beginning, sort of what we wanted to do was to save the summer. So summer is uh, mm. obviously the biggest tourist tourism season here in Iceland, uh, pretty much what it is uh, everywhere else. But we wanted to make sure that we could have tourists during the summer of 2020.
0: Did you in your in your brief? to the agency are in that pitch. And that—that that is, um, let me just be clear. So that was then a pitch that you opened up to a bunch of agencies mm-hmm. to respond to that. Did you have a clear message at that point that you wanted to get out or did you want to rely upon the agencies to help you sort of shape that?
3: In the past, we've always had a very good collaboration with agencies that we're working with. Uh, we had an idea that we wanted to sort of... Uh, lean into something that was a little little bit more quirky in a way. Or, or you know, for us, it, we can't really compete in terms of of ad buy, so we have to rely on something else. And uh, we had a feeling going into that we wanted to do something that was unusual. Mm-hmm. We've always said we have to do things, have to do and say things differently just uh,
0: to be able to get through. You mentioned you used the word quirky when you were describing what you were trying to get at. Did you, did you, um, did you have a good sense of what quirky meant? Did, were you able to kind of provide an example? Because that's a word that can be interpreted very differently by different people, right?
3: I think uh, just when you when you ask people from outside of Iceland to describe Iceland and Icelanders, uh, quirky is a word that you very often hear, come <laughs> very often. Uh, so I think uh, our definition of it maybe was just being uniquely Icelandic.
0: And what does, what does that mean? What, is, what, is, what does it mean to be uniquely Icelandic from a quirky perspective? <laughs> <laughs> Are you getting me in trouble.
3: <laughs> <laughs> So I think maybe what I, get, what I can uh, reference is that we had previously done a campaign with uh, with uh, a co-worker, or not a co-worker of Stevie's, but a, a, a sister agency, I believe, yeah. uh, called Daniel Bremer, who, yes. <laughs> who worked here in Iceland. And he worked with us on uh, on a campaign where we, like I said, we created the hardest karaoke song in the world. And it's just <laughs> a ca- catchy tune with... Uh, with uh, Sort of a text about Iceland, full of very hard to pronounce Icelandic words in between. I start my day with coffee, or coffee is what we say. I pour a little milk in and feed my horse some hay. I look out the window to see if there is soul. I eat my morgan madder and sit down in my stall. This AES kind of awesome, no matter what you see. This created list than Yaglar and Vinny. So that was maybe sort of uh, the reference point to being quirky that uh, that we were thinking about. And that was the reference point that Daniel knew and I know that Daniel was a part of the initial team uh, with uh, Stevie on working working on the initial pitch for the for the uh, for the account.
0: So so Stevie when you when you think about you get you get the RFP you sort of assemble a rough team yeah. do what sort of planning or strategy to type activities did you do and and did it given the direction you were getting did it require a lot of strategy and research or did it sort of come together in a different way for you guys
2: um i think you know we had about i think maybe just under 2 weeks um from when we you know started working on the response to when we you know had a final presentation so we did of course as any any agency would do, dug in, you know, as much as we could and and did a lot of things in parallel as we went. Um, So the things that we did where we did, of course, you know, some competitive analysis, uh, took the target uh, audiences that Iceland had provided us, the typical, I think it was three different segments at the time or, uh, you know, audience definitions at the time, um, did some target analysis and some sizing. Um, SS&K also um, has a proprietary cultural monitoring uh, tool that we call Social Forces, where it tracks sort of macro trends in, in culture to define, you know, what are the things that are ultimately driving sort of these larger um, insights and, and, you know, beliefs of how we're all processing the world. Um, and then we also looked at, um, you know, the, the typical customer journey for travel, which, you know, goes the standard version of that is dreaming planning booking experience and then maybe sharing afterwards and looked at like well what does the reality of the world we're living in with covid how is that going to affect that so we did all of those things um and uh you know ultimately i think a big part of of what we did was really evaluating the target audiences and saying well we have all these different uh groups but right now in this moment of covid um, we looked at a specific cross-section of those people that we called first movers so who were going to be the very first people that were going to ultimately be the ones to pull the trigger to get on a plane and you know take an international vacation once things got a little settled and that was a group of about i think 17 million um folks across the target audiences um, that were a little younger um so you know kind of that like millennial um time for, uh, age range um a little less risk averse in in some part because they were younger and less less worried about you know the health concerns um as as older audiences were um and a little bit more um, able to travel um, in in general because they were less risk averse or had more confidence um, that things were going to be you know getting back to normal faster.
0: What's the brief that you give to the teams? And and I know that sounds like it was a formal process, and I'm sure it wasn't. But um, what do you guys what do you guys agree that you're going to chase creatively?
2: Um, well, I think you know from the origin of the the work one thing that we knew we needed to have was sort of a brand platform that would allow us to extend over a long period of time so and then once landing on that um which was a journey in in and of itself a little bit um but then the work that happens underneath that platform um essentially um the benchmark for us is is what um mr b outlined is it has to be uh, press worthy. Um, it has to be provocative, innovative, creative, um, uniquely Icelandic as I I know that, uh, my, we talked about what that definition is. Um, but essentially, um, at its core, since, since our, our brand platform is, is built off of this, uh, notion that Iceland can sort of fulfill needs that we have that are rising in culture, um, what we often look for is like, what is a need that people are having emotionally, culturally, physically in the world that resonates with a lot of, of folks? And then what is a, an innovative, creative, um, wholly unique way um, for Iceland to sort of be the answer or the antidote to that?
0: Did you end up framing the brand platform in a brief statement? And what was it?
2: Um, so our brand platform is uh, looks like you need Iceland. Um, and, Uh, really, again, it was born out of this strategic position that Iceland being so unique, being such a diverse uh, place, um, and being so uh, specifically Icelandic has the ability to sort of be the antidote, um, in a, in a wholly unique way to what the rest of the world is throwing our way. Um, the people, the nature, the innovative thinking, Um, the sustainability as values all kind of add up to giving people something that they can't really get anywhere else, which it gives us a, a rubric or a North Star for everything that we do moving forward, because now we can sort of conceptually fill in that blank. So looks like you need Iceland is looks like you need a place to let out all your frustrations, looks like you need a place to help you get back out there, looks like you need an escape from the digital reality of our world. Um, And so that's actually how we defined what that platform could be from the very beginning is how can Iceland fulfill an emotional need and a need for departure from the rest of the world in, in a unique way that applies back to the stuff people are really feeling and are relevant to them and resonant to them most at that time.
0: So Sven what are what are some of the first ideas you see and, and which one did you are ones did you gravitate to
3: The idea that that SSNK and and Peel pitched at the time was exactly the idea that we we went out with uh, it didn't I don't think it really made I don't think we made any significant changes to the to the idea that it was pre- presented to us uh, during the pitch round until it was uh, until it was uh, out in the world and uh, they just they came in with this idea of, of, of an execution of the looks like you need Iceland platform that I think really spoke to us. And uh, and we selected that just uh, immediately, I think.
2: And, and the first idea, um, w- even in the pitch, the first idea that we said as uh, would be the expression of that was um, looks like you need to let it out. So the core of the idea is that uh, we wanted to allow people who were locked in their homes, who had not been anywhere for weeks, who couldn't go anywhere safely, who had all this anxiety, emotion, frustration, you know, energy that they had nowhere to let it go, um, that we we would let them let that cries of anguish or frustration um, scream them out into um, the beautiful expanses of Iceland and sort of get that cathartic release um, in a beautiful, wonderful place. Um, and that was sort of the underpinning of the whole idea is that people needed some version of escape or release that they couldn't get by physically going anywhere. So how could we give that to them um, in a, in a very unique way?
0: And my understanding um, is that you, you created an app that people could download and they could scream into the app and then you then would release those screams in yeah. various uh, uh, desolate pla- or beautiful desolate places. Well, and uh, our act- locations.
2: Yeah, it was actually easier than that because we didn't make anyone download an app. We set up a, a web app uh, website where you could just go directly to the site. You could pick your speaker in your destination that you wanted to have your audio recording released, Um, you could record it right there on the spot and then hear it nearly instantaneously played back in the (laughs) place that you had. So we had, um, like I said, seven different places um, where you could watch your screens and then then see others doing it as well. So you could see where they were coming from. So it would say, you know, Fergus from the United States, and you'd hear that audio until yours played back. Um, And you also received a video clip of your um, you know, letting it out that you could share elsewhere um on social, et cetera. So um it was just a cacophony of cathartic release that was happening all over the world um through that uh interaction. <laughs>
0: So, Sven, um, how successful was that that phase of the campaign? In your mind, it was. Yeah, it was extremely
3: successful, uh, uh, and I think, uh, like uh, Stephen mentioned, we were looking at this. We were looking for earned first ideas and and just how much it would generate in in interest uh, across media and uh, and uh, social and and so on. So we the metrics for that uh, campaign were the best metrics would be we'd, we'd uh, seen to that point on 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 something like this uh, i think it uh, delivered i think about 800 pieces of 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 media for us and uh, i think about 20,000 recorded screens so uh, <laughs> or yeah 20,000 people released their frustrations in iceland during that time
0: so for you what's what's interesting for me I think it's a brilliant idea but if if I'm if I'm you sitting in your seat you've got a bunch of constituents that are pro- you know from destinations within Iceland who are probably screaming for the traditional type of advertising or marketing ideas um that might be more associated with hospitality yet you have been able to wrangle these folks i assume into doing what you did was that difficult or is or had you already sort of established the tone of the marketing through your previous work i
3: think through our previous previous work we had established uh established some trust so uh we were we were uh, we had the trust of the stakeholders in Icelandic tourism to go out and do something different I don't think they were expecting this. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, it very quickly turned out that this was a really good, uh, really good activation. And I think uh, in, from our side, uh, just when we received the uh, received the pitch and the uh, and the idea, what we sort of identified in in uh, at the core of the idea was this empathy. So uh, being able to Sort of uh, put yourself in people's place where they're they're sitting at home and and feeling frustrated, and uh, how Iceland could help. Sort of this empathic feeling with uh, with people and 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 offer Iceland as a solution. And I think that's what uh, you know we've uh, we talked about how how destinations we're talking about. We'll be here waiting when you when, when travel resumes. Uh, but we wanted to sort of talk to people in this moment and see we we are here for you now and i think that that's uh, another thing that ss and brought to the table very very early on in the in this discussion is that we knew that you know places would be opening up at different times there would be different restrictions and and uh, so on so what they talked about and this comes from their experience working uh, on a policy on the policy side and with politics we should approach this more like an election. Uh, what we're doing now is to talk to the voter so when the day comes in the future that they're actually able to vote then we want to be their choice so that was the approach that we also really you know uh, liked or, or connected with and we really saw the wisdom in that approach so uh, just being there in the present, Uh, acknowledging people's frustrations and, and, and being a part of that journey was something that we felt made sense.
0: Following Let It Out, uh, Scream, you guys did a couple of other initiatives, one in January of 2021, um, which is called Joy Scroll. And then a few months later, you did another one called Sweatpant Boots, which is really about the idea of looks like you need an adventure, which are all extensions of, of the brand platform. And people can watch them on the uh, on the web page for this episode. But I wanted to sort of drill in a little bit more because I love the way Stevie described it as sort of. Fulfilling the needs that are rising in culture, and um, obviously, I've got to assume that you were sort of on an always-on mode, trying to see what was bubbling up in popular culture or, or in in culture in general, and then you were sort of deciding what could we what could we latch onto as an issue because what happened with uh, Iceland verse in November. Uh, well, let's even step back. Uh, in early November, Mark Zuckerberg announces the launch of the Metaverse, and then let's just see here. Shortly thereafter, I mean, twelve days later, you guys are out with this brilliant film that's a parody of the whole thing in in uh, uh, for Iceland tourism. Tell us about that and how it how that came about, Stevie.
2: Uh, well it's always it's always interesting I, people i think always want to know how we were able to do that and and you use, use the word always on which i think is a bit of a misnomer for for how how we work and i'll give you the real version of it um <laughs> which is you know typically when we've done um campaigns um we've done them about approximately twice a year um so to align um with the the higher booking season so uh spring summer and fall winter um And we had sort of established um, that rubric of how we showed up in the world, kind of filling a need or responding to a cultural need. Um, And actually, when Mark Zuckerberg um, made his announcement, what we were doing at that time was already concepting for our fall-winter activation um, that we had previously planned. So it was all um, part of the work that was supposed to go out i, I believe in like january uh, december january of 2021 2022 um and it was in that moment where we were working on other uh ideas that we knew would take a little bit more production and things like that 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 moment happened um so we did uh an entire presentation with sort of the things that we were briefed to do. And then on the last page, um, we had a lucky strike extra, which was, and Hey, by the way, this thing with Mark Zuckerberg has just occurred. Uh, we think it's a really interesting opportunity, uh, to respond to it, given that the whole world is sort of frustrated with this virtual universe. Um, and this idea of being, you know, always in a virtual place given that we've just spent two years in zoom squares and not experiencing physical natural things anymore um so it was it was essentially tacked on to our existing process um and uh at the end of that meeting i think uh, mr b and the rest of the visit iceland team went yeah that's really interesting and we all collectively acknowledged that if we needed to do it uh we needed to do it right away
0: this is actually a piece of film that's all about sort of drawing the contrast between what Zuckerberg was promoting with the metaverse, which is sort of virtual reality, and what you guys, in fact, have, which is actual reality in spades, right? This sort of enhanced reality. So you were in this spot, you are in this campaign, you're trying to pull out the tension between those two things. Is is that the way you sort of looked at it?
3: Yeah, I think uh, just... Uh... We uh, immediately recognized sort of the potential that this idea had for for showcasing uh, all the benefits of Iceland. So uh, we could sort of see how everything that that was presented in Mark Zuckerberg's uh, initial Meta video, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> meeting in, in uh, meeting in uh, the Meta world and and sort of connecting through uh, an artificial experience, how that was counter to everything that we wanted Iceland to stand for more or less. Hi, and welcome to this very natural setting. Today, I want to talk about a revolutionary approach on how to connect our world without being super weird.
0: Some said it's not possible. Some said it's out of reach. To them, we say, it's already
3: here. Seriously, look, it's right here. And what do we call this not-so-new chapter in human connectivity? The Iceland Wars. Enhanced
2: actual reality without silly-looking headsets.
0: So, Sven, I've got to think, there's, there's a couple of things. To your earlier point about the reliance on earned media, you have got to know this thing is going to, I mean, at least the odds are hugely in your favor that this is going to go viral. And as a result of that, though, you guys are pretty, um, it was a pretty, I'm not sure brave is too strong a word, but it was, uh, um, a lot of brands would be cautious about um, uh, sort of parroting Mark Zuckerberg. But you guys went full uh, steam ahead on it. Um was there any concern about that and obviously it didn't bother zuckerberg ultimately but were there any kind of concerns in the beginning no i think i think <laughs> once we saw the first clip of the video we we just uh, knew that
3: you know this would this would be okay i mean we uh, obviously we had we obviously we talked about it in the in the beginning is it you know is it wise to sort of pick on the
0: poke the the uh, the monster <laughs>
3: Yeah, you know
0: he's uh, not that he's a monster he but you
3: know. probably the biggest media empire in the world. Uh so um
0: so, we, so, then you know, suddenly Facebook gets turned off in Iceland.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh so we obviously we obviously talked about it at the beginning. So is this is this a is this a a risk that we're taking, but we were pretty we felt from the from the uh, start that there was this was very good natured. It was uh, it wasn't mean in any way. It was just uh, mm-hmm. sort of poking fun at, uh, you know, at, at something that at a moment, more or less, we were just capturing a moment.
2: I think it's really interesting because, you know, you said, oh, we must have all known that this was going to go so viral. And, And honestly, in so much of how we talk about work and for this idea in particular, I do actually remember us referring to it as like, oh, this is just a little social video. Like, this is the thing that we do right now. No big deal. And then we move we go back to working on the real campaign that we all had intended to start working on previously. So the expectations that we sort of have for ourselves are very, um, like well calibrated. And we all, I I think that actually helps us feel more free to create and do things because we don't put, uh, and and Iceland doesn't put that pressure, um, for any one thing. It's like, let's just go do it. It's, you know, why not get it out there? If it is amazing, it's amazing. And we all felt good about it, but there, we don't put that same pressure to say, oh, my God, everything has to be, quote unquote, viral all the time. And then you feel like you're you're, you know, reaching some sort of unreachable standard all the time. We tend to take the pressure off a little bit.
0: My understanding is that Mark Zuckerberg responded to it and, in fact, visited Iceland. Was it after after the fact or had he already
3: No, that was uh, that was after the fact. I've uh, said it it was the most uh, successful one-to-one marketing. (laughs) Yeah,
0: (laughs) maybe there'll be like a Facebook International Retreat or (laughs) or a Meta Retreat in Iceland next. So the other one that I wanted to touch on, which was I have to admit is my favorite, is. Outhorse horse your email, <laughs> which was one you did. Uh, so, so, so the Iceland verse or metaverse pun, uh, play on uh, the metaverse was in November of 2021 in April of 2022, I believe is when you released Outhorse your email. Now, for those who are not familiar, uh, Iceland has a lot of wild horses. So uh, this was a way of sort of using that sort of brand asset we could call it. Um, Tell us about this idea Stevie where did it come from and what is it
2: Um well it's um really based on the uh insight that we were all experiencing at that time in the in the world where hybrid work um and this blurring of boundaries between work and your regular life has has sort of been diminished um so now because we're all kind of flexible and hybrid and you know what the challenge of that is it makes it almost impossible for us to escape the kind of constant onslaught of Slack and email and all of those digital things that make remote working possible. Um, and they sort of follow you wherever you go. Um, and again, similar to the original let it out idea, we were sort of looking at that as like, well, how can Iceland be a place that really helps people again, connect with the, the nature connect with the stuff outside of work and and have work be really put on hold for real.
0: It's sort of built around the observation that nothing ruins a vacation more uh, than an email from work, right?
2: Exactly. Yes, it's it's the worst thing that you can have is that little ding when you're trying to relax and escape.
0: So I, I go I go on the I, is this sort of the similar idea in, in terms of how it. Um, the experience of it you go on to the website again and you i believe you can select a horse
2: yes mm-hmm. And
0: you can actually pick your own horse a real full-size horse and and the the iconic image from the from the film for me is the a full-size horse uh, <laughs> tapping its hoof on a keyboard an oversized keyboard it's pretty amazing uh, so you select the horse and then and then tell us about how that works again just so i'm clear
2: So, yeah, you select your horse um, and then you say, "Okay, I'm going to be out of the office for these dates. Um, You put in your email address um, and then the horse, uh, we've collected a bunch of their typed responses. The horse generates the response for you. Um, So then you put it into your email (laughs) provider and away you go.
3: Nothing ruins your vacation like work. Thankfully, Iceland has created the perfect solution. Outhorse your email. A revolutionary service where Icelandic horses write real out-of-office replies so you can relax.
0: They are trained in corporate buzzwords. Your boss will never know the difference. So Sven, this has got to be for me. I, I just sort of felt like the the um the campaign was finding its own voice more and more from execution to execution. Because if you've got a lens of quirky, then you got it in spades on this one. <laughs> Come on, I mean it's just killer. Yeah,
3: thanks. Um yeah, I think I think uh I think the voice sort of the voice of the campaign and just how we approach thing has evolved just as our relationship uh, has evolved with, with between us and SSNK and Peel. So I think uh, just the learning how to both lean into it, lean into what we lean into the quirkiness a little bit, but also, like we talked about a little bit earlier, leaning into the empathy. I think this was uh, this was yes. a very empathic idea in, in just terms of here is a challenge that people are facing uh, when they want to travel. And here's our solution, our, our somewhat unexpected
0: solution to the problem. The most recent one is uh, it was just a, a number of weeks back, I think, you know, October, November was an, another example of of something that is plucked from a moment in culture or a moment in the news. Um, tell us about Steve, you what you guys did for what you labeled as as uh, Mission Iceland.
2: Um, yeah, well, so obviously in the past couple couple years there's been a you know increased amount of attention on sort of the billionaire space race and this idea of space tourism has you know been uh increasing um as different you know entrepreneurs are are, are all attempting to send humans up into to suborbit or orbit
0: can you explain the film before i play it here
2: Uh, Sure. So essentially, um, the film uh, features a a character who's poking fun at how all of these space flights uh, keep getting delayed um, and, you know, that you've waited decades for your 15 minutes up into the atmosphere. um, And instead, you can come to Iceland and he uh, goes all across the country and shows off all of the space-like qualities um, that Iceland possesses that can all be experienced with the added advantage of gravity, air, that you can breathe, and, and water.
3: <laughs> We've all been there. You book a million dollar seat on a spaceship, get all dressed up for a 15-minute space vacation, and your space flight gets delayed. But did you know there's an out-of-this-world experience that's a lot closer, doesn't cost millions of dollars, and has
0: oxygen? Right here in Iceland. It's it's really brilliant, and and I think that it it's just like the, a similar theme that sort of is a thread that goes through a lot of the work is this sense of of actual reality in a world where everything is being, becoming virtual, and I I love the way you're able to leverage that as part of the overall brand platform. Uh, Sven, as we wrap up here, um, tell us about what you've learned. Through the various phases of the campaign, and then let's talk about the metrics that you track and how you feel they're progressing. Success metrics. I think in terms of, of learnings,
3: I think uh, the biggest learning that we've had along the along the road along the journey is, is just uh, learning to trust each other. That was the biggest uh, biggest thing for us, I guess. Uh, uh, that really helped the the both the conversation and the and the work moving forward also i think uh, i think what we talked about before is uh, is is again uh empathy and sort of anticipating problems and and offer unexpected solutions i think that's uh, to me that's been sort of the the key element of this campaign the whole time
0: and what do you mean by anticipating problems well, you mean moments and identify, culture
3: identifying more, more yeah identifying problems that people may have in terms of, of travel or moment in time, identifying opportunities uh, to enter into a conversation, and uh, and then doing so in an unexpected manner.
0: And then, how about how about um, KPIs? I mean, are you feeling that the brand because the brand is obviously we've we're, we're, we've emerged out of COVID, people are more freely traveling. Are you feeling that you've built a lot of equity in this campaign and it's translating to to um. To travelers visiting the island,
3: I think so, absolutely. Uh, just in terms of of tourism numbers, we are almost back to pre pre pandemic numbers in terms of visitors to Iceland. Uh, that's not the case for for every destination. I mean, I think uh, according to at least numbers I've seen from the from the UN Travel Organization, I think the uh, the average uh, rebound rate, if you if you will, is about sixty percent. Uh, I think Iceland is uh, is over 90% of, of, of pre-pandemic uh, numbers. So, and we've seen also, we've seen in all our sort of uh, testing and all our measurements that interest in Iceland is higher than ever before. The visitor numbers rebound. We've seen that next summer is looking really good for Icelandic tourism at the moment. And uh, all, the, all the sort of... Uh, Actual metrics are, are are trending upwards.
0: It's uh, Stevie Archer, Executive Creative Director at SS&K in New York. And it is Sven. I want to try Mr. B. Some people <laughs> refer to you as Mr. B because uh, you have a, a challenging uh, name, but I'm going to give it a best shot. And it is uh, Sven Berker Bjornson. Uh, Did I get it even uh, close? That's, that's really close. Oh, okay. I'm going to go with yeah. that. Or Mr. Yeah. B, if you, uh, if you think he's a Nordic uh, superhero. Uh, he is Director of Marketing Communications for Business Iceland. Brilliant work, guys. Um, I'm so excited to see what comes next. Thank you so much for your time today.
2: Thanks so much, Fergus. Really appreciate it.
0: Thank you. And we'll see
1: everybody on the next episode.